Content warnings for this episode may include mentions of surgery and racism. Genderful would like to acknowledge the indigenous peoples and unceded lands that the producers, hosts, and guests live and have dwelt upon. Today, we honor the Coast Salish and the Ohlone. We honor the elders, the human, plant, and animal ancestors of these lands and celebrate the living descendants of these. May all beings tend these lands for the goodness of the next seven generations and beyond. Meowdy folks, welcome to Genderful, a talk show interviewing gender diverse folks about their special interests. The name of our show celebrates that gender expansiveness is wonderful. Hi, I'm Gender Master, and my pronouns are they, them. Hi, I'm Atlas O Phoenix, and my pronouns are also they, them. The focus of our show is to interview trans, non-binary, agender, and gender diverse people regarding their special interests, passion projects, and resources for the gender diverse community. We want our audience to know that this show is hosted by two folks who also identify as non-binary, transmasculine, neurodivergent, and disabled with a passion for telling trans stories. If you're new to our show, welcome. We're delighted you're here. At the end of this interview, we have Clutter Query, where we like to ask you a question related to this week's topic. We'd like to invite you, our listeners, to answer the Clutter Query on our social media platforms. This show is made possible by volunteers, tips, and subscriptions. Shout out to those helping us coordinate guests, edit the podcast, moderate the live chat, and post on our socials. If you'd like to support the show with your time, please join our Discord server and meet the community and get a regular digest of Solidarity resources. If you'd like to catch us live, join us on Mondays at twitch.tv forward slash gendermaster. Show notes will appear in the edited version of the show on Fridays on both YouTube and podcasting platforms. If you love the show, check out some of our earlier episodes. We invite you to remember that we are whole people with robust lives, friendships, challenges, and successes. We love and are loved, and we are delighted to share these stories with you. As always, we kindly remind our listeners that no person is a monolith of their identities. Your identities can change over time and are valid every step of the way. And if you think you're gender diverse, you are gender diverse. There are no social or medical prerequisites to be included in the community. So folks, welcome to Genderful episode 78. This week, our guest, Sean Aaron, who uses he, him pronouns, is chatting with us about their nonprofit organization, Dem Boys, uh, which focuses on supporting transmasculine people of color. Uh, we first found out about Dem Boys in late 2022 when the Clutter staff was putting together a mega post about grant applications for gender affirming surgeries. And that is still my pinned tweet if anyone wants to go check out that list. Um, Sean, welcome to, welcome to Genderful. It's so exciting to have you here. Oh, great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Such a delight. I loved our, our pre-show conversation together. It was really um, heartwarming experience for me. Yes, definitely. Thank you. Um, so, so one thing that I like to ask all of our guests is what might be some things you can trace back to your youth that indicated you might be gender diverse one day? Um, so going back to my youth, um, I identify as trans masculine now, but you know, a lot of folks say when they were younger, um, they knew, uh, I didn't really know when I was younger, 
that I would one day um, transition, but I I was different because I wasn't the typical, you know, uh, girl running around uh, playing. Um, I was always masculine presenting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was never really forced not to be masculine presenting um, and, unless we were going to church. And that was like a thing where like, hey, you have to wear this dress or you have to wear this skirt. So I've always known that I was different in a way that I didn't I didn't do what people thought that little girls should do. So I was always running around with my male cousins, always, you know, running, spitting, <laughs> jumping, fighting, <laughs> rough type of things that's typically not what, you know, the little girls that I grew up with were doing. So I kind of mm-hmm. always knew that I was different in that way. Did you identify as like a tomboy or a butch or any of those things at, at any point along the journey? Um, yeah, I guess I always uh, identified as a tomboy, but only because that's what people call me. I didn't exactly yeah. resonate with that term per se, but it's like, okay, this is easier to, you know, explain who I am. And this is what people already say that I am. So that's kind of like how I adopted that name and that term for myself. Yeah. I feel like I was similar. I played like, like all kinds of pretend fighting games in my mind. Like when I was make-believe, it wasn't like teen weddings. It was like like ninjas and cowboys and all that stuff. <laughs> Definitely. Like that was my thing back in the day. Like wanting to be a wrestler and like, you know, yeah. with my cousins and body slamming and doing all that type of stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Um, so how has your relationship to gender evolved over time? You've you've gone from this uh wonderful rascal to um like fully manifested beautiful being that you are today how did you get from point a to point b oh it took a lot a lot of years and a lot of self-discovery for sure um i transitioned later in life so i transitioned when i was 32 Mm. um so it it took a lot for me actually um i I was okay with where i was in life you know um i came out you know in my late teens as a lesbian and i was okay with that like that identity for me was okay um, until later in life when I just started to feel a little different. Um, I think restrooms made me feel a little different, like going into the restrooms, I felt different in the way that I presented myself. I didn't feel comfortable. And I had never met a, another trans identified person until, um, I had a personal trainer who was, uh, trans identified. And from there it was like, my mind just was open and realizing that, Hey, wait a minute, maybe now in life. I want to see myself differently. I want to transition into something else. I don't want to be who I who I thought I was. I don't feel comfortable in that way anymore. So it was it kind of evolved over time, just like slowly. But in every piece that I was and became, I was okay with that at that moment. And so now that I'm here now, I'm okay with who I am now. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, let's see. I have another. Another question, what are some of the hard things that you had to deal with throughout your transition in the beginning and even currently? Mm. In the beginning, meaning what? Like when I started T in the beginning or like? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, so there's so many elements of transition, changing your name and like there's the the legal transition, getting your markers updated. And then there's the physical transition. If people choose to undergo that, you can be trans without doing any medical intervention. And, you know, I think you've had some. Um, and I don't know. So I feel like it sometimes it can help to talk about those so you can normalize that yeah, there's challenges and they're overcomable. Mm, like, you know, we we persevere through the challenges. Um yeah. So I wonder if there's any of that that you 
would feel open to sharing? Yeah, um, there's a few challenges. I think that um, in the beginning, so I'm just going to, you know, speak of my own experience. And when I first started T, I thought that that was easy. Okay, I know, I know what I'm getting myself into, right? You know, I've, I've met other people at this point. So I know what it's what I'm supposed to look like, you know, mm -hmm. but I wasn't expecting um, my body to change in the ways that it changed. So I think that that was really hard for me. Um, just because I feel like, you know, when you when you, when I started T is like, you're going through puberty again, but you're more aware of it, because it's more mm -hmm. voluntary. You know, the first time you go through it is involuntary, you have your body yeah. has to, right. And so it was like experiencing these things that wait a minute, I'm I'm able to look from the outside in to my body now. And so it was very confusing and very hard for me um, seeing my body change in ways that I didn't recognize. I knew that it would happen, but actually seeing it and witnessing it for myself, it was it was very hard for me. Um, the acne was hard. Just the, oh, the, yeah. and the, the mood shifts was very hard. Um, seeing my face change was very hard. It, it was times when I would walk by the mirror and I'd be like, who is that? Oh, that's me. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. so it's like, that was very hard for me. And um, I think later as, you know, it's kind of like that in-between part of like when someone sees you, um, you know, now I, I say it's a privilege of like passing, right? That's that's a, a privilege to say you're passing, but that's not everyone's story, right? And it's always like that in-between part. So I think mm -hmm. like that in-between part, it, going to the restrooms was very difficult for me. Oh God, um, yeah. Uh, it, yeah, so... I feel, and then later on in life, like just a few years ago, how I identified became very difficult for me, right? Because all my life I identified as a lesbian, but then as transition is like, wait, I don't fit that identity anymore. So where am I now, right? So mm -hmm. figuring out who I love and who I'm attracted to, that's like my yeah. new that's my new struggle now. So it's like yeah, being able to put words to that. And what if I don't have words for that? And being like, it's okay to just not have words for that. And I love who I love and that's it. So that's become a struggle that I'm working through currently. So yeah, that's that's such a such a mood. I feel like the all of the things you're saying I relate to so much. The um people in chat are agreeing, especially with the the acne struggle and being surprised at how rough that is. I think part of it it's compound, right? Because it's not only your skin is changing. Like my skin is getting tougher mm -hmm. as a trans woman and her skin got thinner. Like she started getting all these injuries that she didn't expect because, you know, her skin got thin. Um, and our mine is getting tougher. And also I'm, I call it the slowest werewolf transformation ever because there's all these ingrown hairs, right? As new hair is starting to form in different parts of the body. And like, so it's just like, you know, there's acne because the skin is changing. There's also acne because there's ingrown hairs. And so it's just like totally horrifying. It's like the slowest body horror transformation. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think for me, I think my acne was a trigger to my childhood. Um, when okay. I was younger, I had horrible acne. So I was always embarrassed. I always felt ugly. I've always felt ashamed of the mm -hmm. acne that I had. So as I got a little older, you know, my early 20s, my acne went away. I had this beautiful skin, right? I was mm -hmm. always like, oh, my skin is glowing. I have finally got to that part. I was like, okay, I, I defeated all this acne. I'm good. I got my skin routine going. And then, bam, boom, it came back. It was like, oh, no, I got to go through this again, right? So it was like yeah. it was a trigger for me. Yeah. Um, how, how many years into your medical transition are you at this point? I am celebrating 10 years come this 11th of this month. So, yeah. Ooh. Excited. That's so cool, Sean. I love that for you. <laughs>
um, does the acne ever end for those of us who are still in the thick of it? <laughs> you know what? You got to really get your skin routine on. I'm real funny about how I, how I treat my skin. I don't play around when it comes to my, my morning creams, my day creams, my night creams, my face will wash. So it does go away, actually. Um, I think yeah. now the only thing that I do still struggle with is I have a lot of hair on my uh, back. So I mm. can tend to get a lot of acne there, and which is mm. very difficult because you can't really scratch it when it's itching. So it's really yeah. hard. That's, yeah. I mean, that's about the only only uh, acne that I have. But on my face, um, it's there is hope, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So if you get a good routine in and find a product that's right for you, or maybe it's just the soap or maybe it's just the face wash, I, I, um, it can be rectified. Yeah. Um, there's lots of comments about celebrating your 10 years in the chat. Yes. I was reading about the acne. <laughs> um, something else you mentioned is, I think you said it's sort of your growing edge right now is figuring out who you love now. And I think the piece about when gender shifts and the like biochemistry changes, sometimes our sexuality can shift too. And that's like, I, I didn't hear anyone talking about that until I started listening to trans podcasts, not necessarily relationship ones, just like trans people talking about their experiences. And it's totally true. Like, I've, I've evolved so many times. I've gone from thinking I was ace to uh, being bisexual for months to being lesbian for, I don't know, five, seven, ten years. Um, I think I'm some flavor of pansexual or gay. I'm like, I'm like, gay man is a sexual identity, but not as a gender identity, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm non-binary identified gender-wise. But I'm also a gay man, sexuality-wise. But I'm also pansexual, and I'm married to a trans woman. So it's like, I'm all the things. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it becomes it, it has become. I won't say that it's still difficult. I think I'm. It's you know, every day is 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 an evolvement, right? I think mm -hmm. that I love to identify as being queer because I don't mm. necessarily say I'll. I identify with being a gay man or I identify with being pansexual. It's like I'm all of these things, but I don't necessarily resonate with one or the other. So yeah. I typically say I'm I'm a I'm a queer man. And I like that. Yeah. I think it it definitely does change. I know prior to transitioning, I knew that I wasn't attracted to uh anyone other than what I thought I knew of being lesbian or being a woman. I know that in a feminine presenting body, meaning when I say that, I mean with breasts and other things like that, I knew that I wasn't attracted to men. Mm -hmm. um, once I transitioned, it was like a different thing of like, okay, well, that's different to be a masculine presenting person as a man and being attracted to another man. So it was, it's definitely different and it takes a lot of uh, working through actually. So yeah. a lot of therapy and just a lot of like self-discovery and, and really leaning into who I am as a person. Yeah. You know, I've heard these elders, there's this great show called Stealth Transmasculine Podcast. I don't know if you've heard of them, but um, they are trying to capture the stories of folks who transitioned on or before the year 2000. Um, they're, they're friends of mine. They actually have been on the show and um, I love the project that they're doing because they're documenting all of these old stories. Like, um, because that generation was so... Um, was told to be on the down low and to be stealth and to and to tuck that away and hide that you're trans because trans men typically pass easier than trans women because of our bone structure where we just we look like petite guys we don't look like you know giant women sticking out or whatever there's a whole lot of fear that 
I know trans women can have about of um, no matter how many surgeries maybe they get, they'll still be clocked because of their bone structure. Um, but this whole this whole the show is documenting all of these um, like trans trans masculine people who our stories weren't captured or told because we were told to hide. And that was what was safest for us. And so um, I would say somewhere between 80 to 90% of those folks talked about sort of realizing or becoming a gay man, like in the process, like going from being lesbian to being a gay man. Um, so it, it was like totally paradigm shifting, like mind opening experience to hear all of those stories and sort of, you know, it, it's not like a study that was done with statistics or whatever, but just to hear the, the story it's like oh yeah this seems like this is actually pretty common um it's affirming to hear that that's real for me um so i just want to share that with you like you're not alone a lot of people have that experience it's like whoa all right <laughs> yeah it's, it's kind of funny because when i first began to transition i was watching a lot of documentaries i was trying to tune in to like you know finding folks on youtube and things uh i, I watched one documentary i can't remember the name of it right now uh, but it was done by a uh, black trans filmmaker and it was interviewing older uh, trans identified men. And I didn't think that that was my story, right? I, I listened to how they told their stories about how their their attraction shifted and changed, you know, during their transition. But I was like, oh, you know, I thought I was just doing it just to, I just want to hear other stories and other points of view. I never thought that it would be, it would be me. And just mm -hmm. recently, a few months ago, that that documentary popped up somewhere i think i was on linkedin and it popped up the person who produced the film was you know bringing it back up for folks to see and i revisited and i watched it yeah. and i was wow just to think how i was in that moment when i watched it originally and how i feel now is totally yeah. different so it's just you know just it's a learning process about learning yourself and just being open to learning yourself and being open to shifting and changing yeah that's so wild this is a wonderful series of topics. Let's talk a bit more about Demboys Inc. What inspired you to found Demboys Inc? Hmm. So uh, when I transitioned um, 10 years ago, and you know, sometimes I don't I don't mention to folks um, the privilege that I had around transitioning, right? Because you think a lot of folks think, oh, you're a trans man of color. It, there must have been some some you know disparities in the transition, right? And not not everyone's story is the same. And because of my job, I was able to transition rather quickly. I was able to transition. Uh, my transition was smooth. And after transitioning, I just I don't know. I wasn't being naive, but I guess because I wasn't around as many trans identified folks, I didn't really know. So I just thought it was easy for everyone. I was just like, oh, this is this just got to be easy for everyone, right? And I I saw a post on Instagram and it was this uh, trans man of color and he posted a video uh, prior to having top surgery and his caption read that, you know, hey, this is my chest. I might as well, not verbatim, right? But it was like, hey, I might as well just get used to this because I'll never be able to afford top surgery. And to me, mm. that was mind blowing. I was like, wait, what do you mean? You know, like, and so I started to do a research of like, how difficult is it really for folks to have this done? And then, you know, I was like, I got to do something like I need to figure out what I can do to help other trans men of color 
have feel that same joy that I felt um, with transitioning and just having top surgery. And, and it's not just about tea, right? It's about however you feel about your body and it's your journey. And so yeah. that's how Inborn was formed. That's that's so good. I think I can't tell you how many times I've seen a trans people a trans person go through surgery or something and then immediately want to turn around and share that privilege and access with everybody who's coming behind us. Like, you know, that's why I'm working so hard to document what my stuff has been like so that that resource exists and there's more like stories out there than I had when I was thinking about it. And, um, you know, a majority, um, a majority of the like trans grants that I've seen mostly are founded by trans men, not exclusively, but the ones I've, I've noticed there's a, there's a theme here. Like it's mostly trans men and they struggled to get their stuff funded. And so then they turned around and started a grant because they wanted to make it easier for everybody else. And it's so powerful and important and cool. And like, I love it. So one thing that I love is um, you're specifically fo focusing on trans men of color with your grants. Um, there's a there's a trans needle project somewhere. I don't know where it's located. Um, and they have like applications for uh, white people, and because um, I was, it's it's hard to get needles. That's like an ongoing struggle for to take my testosterone, and so um, my like medical helper person, which I'm glad that I have one, um, found this project and sent it to me. It was like, hey, here's a resource you might consider using, and so I looked at it, and all the all of the needles for white people were not available. And I was like, okay, that's fine. So then I sent it to my, my handful of uh, black trans mask friends. And I was like, hey, you know, I just looked to see if they were accepting applications for the, um, for people of color, and they were. And so I sent that out, including to Alice. And I think Alice has either mentioned this on the show or, or in the Discord servers. Sorry. Um, Alice is my co-host on the show here. Um, and so Atlas was able to, you know, look at that and shared it out and got all of this like weird, like shared it in like a Facebook group or something. And some white trans people were like getting on Atlas's case about this opportunity and saying racist stuff. Like, why not us? Why are we excluded? And it's like, dear white people, you have so much privilege. Step off. <laughs> like... You have so much systemic privilege. Absolutely, we need to have these types of funds and grants that are specifically for people of color, that are specifically for Black people. And no, it's not for you. Yeah. <laughs> and white people, you should be sharing these resources with your Black friends. They need to know. Like, you might have more time on social media. Like, you might have more time seeing these resources, especially if you're not working a bunch of jobs or whatever you're doing. Like... You know, make it easy for your friends who need those resources. So anyways, that only feels tangentially topical, but I just like calling out the racism and saying it's bullshit. So here we go. I, I said our one swear. I'm sorry. I spent it. I spent her swear. <laughs> uh, it's, it's definitely necessary. And, you know, I've been asked this question before. I've gotten those racist geared messages directly to me and for one, first of all, let's just say, let's, you know, looking at me, I am a black man, right? And also, I looked 
And it's the reason why I started Them Boys for specifically for trans men of color, because, you know, there are organizations that grant other folks. But when I would look on their summary of like past recipients, I didn't see yeah. many people of color. That's and right. I'm like, wait a minute, there's people of color that need these services too. Where are they? Why aren't they being yeah. granted these funds? And so that's another yeah. reason why I was very specific and very intentional about Them Boys being for trans men of color. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Butch Twink is saying in the chat, as an Afro-Latinx queer trans mask, the fact that Demboys exist, um, nobody got us like we got us. And then all white, like those other, those other things, all white. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really thank you for doing what you're doing, John. It's really important work. Thank you. Um, so can you tell us more about the financial aid grant program offered by Demboys. We've talked around it a bit, but do you have a more specific sort of, this is the thing that you'd like to share? Uh, yeah. Um, as far as when the grant process will be open this year, not quite sure yet. We're still working on that. Um, but it's a yearly grant program. Last year, we were able to grant four folks, five folks, excuse me, um, with help for their gender affirming surgery. So it's just, it's, it's pretty much just, it's an open application process, right? And and if you identify as being a trans man of color and you're looking for uh, financial assistance for gender affirmative surgery, whatever gender affirmative surgery that you would like, um, you put an application. Um, I just like to note, like, to be specific to folks of like, hey, because we've got an application before. It's like, I get it, right? We all want, you know, our gender affirmative surgeries. We all want to feel comfortable in our bodies, but it's also important to know like, hey, I would like to get this. I know that it costs this much and this is the place where I would like to get this done. Um, we have we have had folks in the past of like, yeah, I, I want it. Okay, well, when do you want it? I don't know, but I know I want it, right? So it's like to be prepared, mm -hmm. know what it is that you're asking for. And so we open up the, the grant process uh, once a year. We, last year was from March 24th, February, excuse me, February up until March 21st. Mm -hmm. And the dates behind when the applications open is very specific to my journey. So I try to open them when there's an anniversary for myself. So mm -hmm. last year was February. I'm, I'm, I hope I'm getting this right. I think it was February 11th, right? And so it was like my my transition anniversary. And so it we so I you apply. Um, we go through a vetting process with folks in my team. We look at it and we kind of like, you know, go through based on our budget and how many applications we have. Um, mm -hmm. We had 380 applications last year. Wow. Yeah, we even got uh, a, a big chunk of international applications. We only grant for folks that are in the U.S. currently, uh, but we're looking to build our capacity out to maybe offer grants for international folks in the future. Yeah. Uh, but it just goes to show the need, right? Of how many it sure does. folks need assistance worldwide that, you yeah. know, yeah. How long does it take to go through that many grants? 380, that's a lot. Uh, it takes a it takes a minute. Um, a lot. I've got messages of folks like, what's taking so long? How come I don't know? Well, wait a minute. We got to, you know, I, I've, me personally, I look at each and every one. And, and sometimes it's overwhelming, right? Because it's like all these folks need help and it's impossible to help everyone, right? You have to really go through the the process with me and my team of like, you know, 
what were the criteria, right? But it's like, I, I read them all. So it takes a while. It takes a minute. Um, but it's just, I want to know who folks are. I want to know the need. I want to know what people are looking for and what, how can we expand it in the future? Or maybe we don't do this, but maybe next time we will. Like, right. So it's like yeah. really to like go through and look at everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I I relate to those dilemmas. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's called Demboys Inc., which sounds like incorporated. And this is a question I just came up with. Um, I'm curious if like paper for tax reasons, if you all are listed as a for-profit or a non-profit and how you, how you decided that, because I've been wrestling with trying to figure that out for my own gender federation entity that I'm working on um, for profit or not. And I have heard from some, some communities of color that there's a general distrust of nonprofits. And so I don't know if yours is a nonprofit or not. And I'm just curious to hear more about that. And how do you handle taxation and all of the stuff where it's like, you know, we can't get away of you and I both live in the United States. There are tax laws and we have to pay our dues. So, um, yeah. How do you, how do you handle that while you're balancing all of these other really important, like direct mutual aid pieces? Um, so them boys is a nonprofit. Okay. Um, and, and I don't really handle all that. I have an accountant that handles all of that, you know, taxes and all of those things. Um, but it is a nonprofit. All, all donations, donations are tax deductible, everything. And even currently now I volunteer all of my full-time hours. So I don't even get paid, um, doing the work also, I'm going to make that transparent. So it's all a nonprofit, everything, all the money that we bring in now goes directly out to the programs for now. We're looking to build capacity um, in the future. Um, but for now, at 100% of everything that comes in goes out into our programs. Yeah. That's, that's so incredible, Sean. Um, it's full time. So do you have another job to put a roof over your head? Like, how do you, how do you stay housed and fed while you're doing this important work? Yeah, I do. I actually do have another job uh, that I've been doing for 20 years. Wow. Um, so how I pay my bills and how I eat and how I survive. Yeah. It's incredible. So there are two other programs that are currently active right now. So that's our, well, one is on Pulse, which is our care package program. Mm -hmm. And then also we have uh, Them Boys Podcast, uh, which I'm the host of. So those are the two other programs that we have. Um. All right, Sean. So, so you mentioned your, your care package program and your podcast, your care package program is on pause. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes. Uh, about the program or why it's on pause? Maybe both. <laughs> so the program, um, originally started in 2020 during the peak of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I talk about them boys and the programs are always in, in how them boys started, right? It was very, very specific to my life and what I, what I did and how I wanted to pay it forward. Um, but during uh, the pandemic, uh, like I mentioned before the break, I, I you know, I'm, I'm blessed actually. And I, I can't, I, I won't deny that. And so I have, I have an income and I, I'm okay. Right. And with my family or whatever. So during the pandemic, I ordered uh, a lot of toiletries from uh, target, you know, I, you know, you couldn't go in a store and I didn't want to wait in line and I didn't want to wear a mask. So I ordered everything and I got all this, these boxes full of everything we needed, right? Tissue and soap and all. And I was thinking, I'm like, you know, 
I had to recognize my privilege in that moment. I'm like, you know, everybody is not able to do this. You know, there are yeah. people out there. I was blessed, right? I didn't lose my job. Um, and actually, we didn't even have to show up for work, but we were still getting paid. That's a blessing, right? And realizing that there are people that maybe they're restaurant workers or maybe they're transportation yeah. workers, and they don't have this privilege. Life is really right. hard right now. What can I do? And yeah. I was like, you know, maybe we could put together some care packages to send out to folks, you know, and knowing that trans men of color or trans folks of color are always on the on the margins, right? It's like we tend to fall into those, those, those places where, where that was most impacted by COVID, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just threw it out there. I and, and then when I first started, I used my own funds. So I took money out of my own bank account and I bought all of the things that was needed. Uh, for the care packages, put them together. And then I, I posted it up on the website about, hey, we have care packages. I reached out to some folks and other organizations within, I'm, I live in the Bay Area. So, and other organizations in the area that may have folks that were in need. And mm-hmm. so we mailed out over a hundred care packages um, within a couple of months. So we've- That's amazing. Talking about towels, mm-hmm. uh, socks, lotion, deodorant, toothpaste, toothbrush, mouthwash. Uh, we have like these little backpacks that we put in there with our name on it, our logo on it. But folks, if you don't, maybe you're unhoused and you can put everything yeah. in that box, in that bag from the box and carry it with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also, it and it also was very personal to me as well, because there was a time in my life where I was homeless uh, for two and a half years and I didn't have those things. So I know exactly personally how it feels to receive things that you need, you know, and not being able to afford those things. Taking care of your basic hygiene needs is very important. It makes you feel great about yourself, you know, and and just being clean, brushing your teeth, right? No matter what's going on in the day, if you're clean, sometimes it it just makes your situation just a little bit better knowing that you're clean, right? So that's how it started. Uh, we got in a lot of requests for them, even after we were done with them. And so I was like, you know, hey, I, you know, I, I can't really continue this on personally, right, financially for myself. So I went out, asked a couple of, uh, you know, put in some grants of, hey, we need some help with this program. And we were granted um, money to continue the program. So since then, it's become a permanent program within them boys. Um, it's on hold now because we're fundraising to. Uh, get more items again. Um, nice. and so to put some, we have very few, but not enough to post it up on the website where we can just mail out a lot. So we want to make yeah. sure that we have a sufficient amount um, where we can mail them out in, in larger quantities. And we also send it out priority mail. So we know we don't want folks to have to wait, right? We don't want you to wait 10 days, 15 days for you to get the things that you need. So we mail them out priority mail and usually get it within two to three days. Yeah. I love that. Um, what important like material support you're offering to the communities around you that's like so needed for me as a disabled person like i don't have the physical energy to be like on the street handing things out um i'm curious if you do have unhoused people who are applying how with them like are you out on the are you out on the street like interacting with folks? Do they need internet access to be able to apply? Um, how do you navigate that piece? Yes. I've, I've wrestled with that. It, that's been like, like I've have turmoil in my heart about 
you know, the people who need this the most don't have access to the online resources to connect with me. And I physically don't have the energy to be out in the world doing that. And how do I balance that? Yeah, that's definitely a challenge. Um, We don't go out to give them away, um, but we have provided it to folks that are unhoused. And Mm -hmm. one thing that I ask is, do you have anyone, one person that that would accept this package on your behalf? And we'll Mm -hmm. mail it to so we've had that happen where it's like, hey, I or even where folks will say, hey, I'm not out to my family. Do you mind sending it to my friend's house? They'll accept it on my behalf. Or do you mind using my, you know, my my birth name on a package? Because otherwise my parents would turn it away. Like there has been moments, yeah. you know, we're willing to work with folks. If you just let us know your story, right? And I try, we've tried as best we can to meet folks where they are. Yeah. That's that's so incredible, Sean. You have a podcast too. Yes. Yeah. Tell us about Dem Boys Podcast. Yes, Dem Boys Podcast just launched last May. Uh, um, This is also another thing geared towards trans men of color and telling our stories. Um, You know, there's there's a a, a different type of a life experience, right? Um, When you're talking about uh, growing up as a person of color. And so we are, our stories are rarely highlighted, right? And so someone gave me this idea um, about the podcast. And at first I kind of shoot it off, right? I'm like, oh no, I can't do that. I'm, I'm introverted. Oh, no way, it's not happening. And I sat back and I thought about it for a little bit and it was on my mind really, really, really heavy. I dreamed about it. <laughs> I was thinking about it when I was at work. I was thinking about it when I was in the shower. And I was and I was like, well, you know what? I don't see any trans men of color out here telling their stories mm-hmm. widely like that. Maybe there is there is something, something there, right? And so I did my little research and 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 I started working with a podcast producer, which is uh Jasmine from Pink Lady Productions. Mm-hmm. Um, and the podcast was formed. And so within the podcast, I have guests. Um, podcast episodes are released every Wednesday. Um, nice. Currently in February, we're on a, on a break. So after every batch of eight episodes, I take a break. I need a break to Smart. have a mental break. I need a break to yeah. revive myself, rejuvenate myself. Um, because as you know, right, podcasting is, is very difficult. And it takes a lot of energy to be talk, to talk in the whole space for someone and their stories. Um, and then so... Two episodes out of the month is a solo episode for me. And then the other two episodes are guest episodes. So on the show, I've shared my transition story. Um, I've shared story about my homelessness, about transitioning at work. Um, I'm also a parent, so I, I'm a father. Um, I talked about raising my son. Um, we've had conversations with folks about I won't say we, because I'm the I'm the host of the show. So I've had conversations with folks about love, sex, and relationships, mm-hmm. uh, a broad range of things. I've interviewed uh, Braxton from Stealth Bros and Co. Nice, Braxton uh, is so cool. Yeah, Zeke. Congrats uh, to Braxton's new baby situation. Yes. So sweet. Yes, he talked on the episode about wanting to be a father and how he always wanted to be a father. So that's great to see that manifested, right? Yeah, um, totally. So you can listen to the podcast on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, all of that. So, yeah. I love that so much. That's oh, so cool. I can't wait to go listen to it. 
Um, do you have some favorite episodes of your podcast? It's like picking your favorite child. But sometimes, I don't know, sometimes you can really connect with a guest or you like someone who's sort of more high profile than you've ever had before is on the show. And like, I know for me, I'll have people on and then I'll be like, did I really just interview so-and-so? Like, oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> it's exciting. <laughs> I think a solo episode, I'm going to speak on that one first. All one right. of the most powerful episodes that I have done was about telling my homelessness story. Mm. Uh, it, I, this is the first time in my life that I've actually worked through that and processed that. I used to not be able to even talk about it without just bawling my eyes out crying. Um, but I was able to, of course, I couldn't say all the nuances, right? They're like nuances in being homeless and I can't go over every single fact, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I told a, a, a large chunk of it and the, uh, uh, the biggest pieces of it that shaped who I am today. Um, I would say that that's one of my favorites and I would say that's a go-to for folks um, because we don't talk about that, right? How many, and now we're not even talking about just trans men of color, but just trans folks in general, right? Of experienced homelessness, LGBT youth that experienced homelessness. And I was a child, right? So I had just turned 18. So, um, yeah, so I would say that's a, that's a good episode. I've also had, uh, one of my favorites is with Melly. Um, okay. Melly's episode has actually been one of the, the most popular ones. It's the most listened to episode. Uh, Melly is a uh, therapist. And so the episode was almost like I was in therapy. It was like we oh, talked cool. very softly and like this. And it, it was very moving to hear Melly's story. Mm -hmm. um, that was another really good one. But I've had, I've had the love, sex, and relationship one was really, really good. Um, we had five folks on there, one person from the UK. And we just talked about it all, love, sex, and relationships. So I think that was another great one as well. Wonderful. What a what a great span of topics. I love that. I also love that you've designed rest into your plan. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's really important. I, I recently, like during my hysterectomy recovery, I had to take two, like a week or two off of work. I took one full week and then was on sort of limited activity the second week. Um, and it was hard to let go, to be honest of all the stuff. Cause it's like, it's all important to me. Um, and I am really lucky to have all of these wonderful helpers around that are doing the things. Um, and so, um, I realized during that sort of fallow time when I was not constantly working, designing in more rest into my cadence, because as you know, this kind of community organizing, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And so we have to put this rest in by design from the beginning, or we're going to burn out and all this work will end abruptly. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, so I love that you're modeling that. Yeah. You, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. You can't pour from an empty cup. I can't give you all of me or 100% of me if I'm not, if I'm not well. Right. Mm -hmm. So it gives me time to regroup gives me time to recruit more guests. It gives me time to just, you know, create more graphics. It, it just gives me time where I'm not on per se on, which is talking. People don't, some people don't realize how, how much energy it takes to hold. And some of the stories that I've shared and talked with folks are very heavy. And even sometimes off air, I've talked to folks, we talk longer about things that, that are very heavy mm -hmm. and I'm the type of 
person, I, I take in all of that energy. So it's it's very important for me to kind of digress and just get my rest and and be able to do the things that I need to do without having to focus on holding space. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for modeling that. That's so good. Um, let's see. How does the work and services provided through Dem Boys resonate with your own gender journey? Hmm. We kind of kind of touched on that a little bit. Um, I'll just say, like you know, like I said before, with the care package program, it resonates with me because I was there before, and I know how that feels. And to be able to, you know, the 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 comments I've gotten back from folks about it once they receive it, you know, it's 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 life changing. You think that mm-hmm. oh, it's just a toothbrush? No, brushing your teeth that it's life changing. Yeah. You know, and just to reflect on a moment when I was homeless, I didn't I didn't brush my teeth. I didn't take a bath. I didn't wash up. I didn't comb my hair and I felt like crap. Mm-hmm. And so that really, really resonates with me of, of a way of like it's just like taking a rest. Right. T- being well and taking care of yourself is very, very important. Um, so that really resonates with me a lot. Um, I think and also like what I talked about, just the gender affirming surgery grants of, you know, that resonates with me as well, right? Because I've had that privilege to just go through it and, and didn't really think much of it. And th- it should be, in, in reality, if I think about it, right, if I'm thinking about future, I wish that them boys didn't even exist. I wish mm. that it didn't need to exist. I okay. wish that everyone had what they need when they needed it. And it wasn't somebody in a suit telling you, now nah, you, you know, your surgery doesn't count or, you know, yeah. You know, you know, so it's like, no, we're not going to pay for this because no, it shouldn't be like that. We shouldn't yeah. have to have these programs. Everyone should be well. Everyone should be able to live and be happy um, in the ways that they want to be happy. So it all, all, all resonates with me. Right. And even with the podcast, I find it as, 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 as therapeutic, right. To be nice. able to share my story and hear other folks' stories as well. Right. And to know, like, you're not alone. I'm not alone. And there's other people listening that resonate with these stories. And like, you know, we're trans folks. We're not monolithic, right? There's many layers and many different experiences that we go through. And, you know, my experience might not resonate with someone, but mm-hmm. I guess their experience may. So it's yeah. just about, it's, it's therapeutic. So, yeah. Yeah. Um. So for those who are listening to this and are excited about dumb boys, but maybe are sort of financially strapped in this moment, what are some non-monetary ways that they could support them this um this series of initiatives that you are shepherding? Mm. Share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let folks know we what we are, where we are with the work that we're doing. Um, let folks know in your network about the podcast. Let folks know, you know, hey, if you know someone that that needs help, um, hey, you know. Like you said earlier, tell your friends, let your mm-hmm. friends that this this program exists because folks, we're st- I feel like we're still fairly new, right? Because we, not as many people know about us that should in the work that we do. So yeah. it's definitely share, um, volunteer. When we're looking for volunteers, we will be looking for volunteers soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, folks locally to the Bay Area that can help us put all the pack- care packages together because that's a lot of work too, right? Yeah. Um, could volunteer, um, connect. I love to connect with people. You know, I love to um, share stories. Of, and one thing I will say is share resources 
share resources with us so we can share with folks that we know. Um, yeah. It's another thing. Yeah. I love that. You know, those, those types of uh, grassroots networks where we're, we're kind of staying connected in those ways. Um, that is powerful and important. Um, you're making me think that I should um, probably put together uh, maybe like an email list of past guests mm. so we can um, share resources with each other. Because I feel like, like, yes, it was on the podcast and it can be this ephemeral, like I spent an afternoon doing this one time, or it can be a beginning, it can be this introduction that then we keep running together and we keep helping each other and passing each other resources when we get it. And like encouraging one another in this important, like trans solidarity work that we're up to. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to miss the opportunity to keep helping each other. You know, um, it's so hard. I don't know. I, because of COVID, I'm still, I still stay home most of the time. I have the privilege of being able to do that. Um, and it is, as a disabled person, I don't want to risk getting sick. I caught COVID and we're like three years into this pandemic. We're rolling into the three and something change amount of time at this point of the recording. And so like, I still haven't gotten sick and I know so many people who have, and um, I think I would take it really poorly. <laughs> so a lot of my organizing is online, which means I have to try harder <laughs> to meet people, right? Can't run into somebody at the grocery store and, you know, come up with a great plan like <laughs> all of a sudden so um yeah i think that's that's an interesting an interesting point sean about continuing to reach for each other um team effort right because of course like yeah. without working with other folks then boys can't it's a team effort and the reach can be broader and the more we work together with each other it's just like a sporting team right you can't yeah. have curry he can't win the game alone, right? He may be able to shoot a lot yeah. of three. At times, he may need to pass the ball, right? So it's like yeah. it's a team effort. It is a team, a team effort. So we've mentioned this a few times, but now I'm going to more formally bring it up. Um, so your 10th anniversary of starting T is February 11th. Congratulations. Um, as of this live recording, that's in like five days. When this publishes on Friday, it'll be tomorrow. Ah, so exciting. Um, and Dem Boys is fundraising to mark the occasion. Um, two questions. One, how does it feel to be transitioning? And two, what are you doing to celebrate this milestone personally? How are you, how are you celebrating? What, what, um, what rituals or, or habits or things have you designed? Because we have to make up our own, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. How are you celebrating? No, what? I'm going to start with personally in that moment, it just clicked in my head of like, I'm not doing anything personally. I need to be right. I need to celebrate. You're not doing anything yet. <laughs> it's, it's basically your birthday, right? It's your trans birthday. My wife celebrates her trans birthday and her belly button birthday, like her born day as yeah. two separate birthdays. She gets twice as many presents. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's amazing. Because I, I usually celebrate my my born day i like that belly button day i like that i'm gonna use yeah. that i usually celebrate that and i also celebrate the day i changed my name as my other birthday so i i, I never thought of a transition celebration now I'm, I'm now my wheels are turning i'm definitely gonna think about something to do you have you have a whole week to think of it it could yeah. be small right it could be like you have your favorite meal or you know you have a beloved over to share that favorite meal with or um you know my my community has a fair number of video editors. And so 
um, last year, my editor Lexington put together a montage of my um, my check-ins that I do. You heard me do the check-in before the show today. Um, and so I did it really well and put together. I was like inspired by my own content. And it was the first time I had seen something edited of me being in it. And I was like inspired by it. Like I'm passionate about what I talk about, but being passionate is different from like being inspired by your own words. I don't know. It's, I can't, it's hard to describe like how incredible that is. It shows Lexington's skill. Um, he's a, he's a trans man out in Germany who I met on the internet doing this job. So, um, yeah, it's, it's powerful to like have those, like, and it's all packed up. Like you can go watch my one year HRT anniversary video on my YouTube channel. It's there to enjoy. It's like four or five minutes long. And oh, it's such a great, it's one of my favorite pieces of content we've ever made. Um, so yeah, trans joy, Sean, right? Like, like joy away from us. Yes. And, and I, it's, it, it is a, it is a form of resistance hmm. being, being joyful, being happy, feeling loved, um, having beautiful life experiences is a form of resistance as trans people. Yes. Here's Nefer Kitty saying hi to everybody. It's definitely, um, yeah, I definitely want to think about it. Um, I didn't think I would be here. I mm. did not think I was going to be here. And I won't say that I didn't think that I was going to be 40. I never never really thought that far ahead i i just was especially being homeless um you know just a moment of transparency and, and a trigger warning but i wanted to end my own life so to be here in this moment to even be my birthday is in march so it's like my trans my transition anniversary in February and my, my 42nd birthday in March. And so just all of that in together is actually just thinking about it. It's, it's overwhelming for me in this, in this moment. Um, because I know folks that didn't make it. We all know folks yeah. that didn't make it. And to be here and to share my story is, is, it's, it's like a bittersweet moment. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, very emotional. Excuse me. Cause yeah. I, I didn't think I would be here. Um, organizationally, um, them boys is celebrating my 10 year um, transition anniversary. Um, if you follow us on Instagram, we're currently tracking it for, so from the 1st of February until the actual day, yay, the 11th, um, we're we wanting to raise $1,000 um, in celebration of that. Um, that. you know, um, yeah, just, just grateful. And, and the, the money raised, um, to, in celebration will all go towards this year's gender affirming surgery fund. That's great. So all of that money raised will go right back into the work that we do. That's amazing. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to finish my donation after the show. Um, cause it's, it's only debit card. So I was like, thing. it's okay. You probably less transaction fees, which is better. Um, yeah, so I just want to invite the audience, the, the donate link was just plopped in the chat right there, demboys.networkforgood.com. Um, yeah, there's, do it, you should do it. I'm going to do it. It's going to be great. Um, you know, I feel like especially, um, in the United States, it's Black History Month. I think in the UK, they celebrated maybe in August, they have Black August. Um, but here in the States, it's Black History Month. And um, it's also Black Futures Month, right? It's not just about looking back. It's also about looking forward and dreaming about the future and dreaming about a future we didn't think we could have. 
right? You just said you didn't know if you didn't, you didn't realize you'd make it this far. Any trans and BIPOC and disabled and other marginalized identity people don't think they're going to make it to being aged or old or, you know, parent or grandparent age. So many people think they're going to have like a brilliant roaring twenties and that's it. And so, you know, I'm 33. Um, I never thought I would have a house or a spouse and I do, and that's weird. <laughs> and I'm grateful. Um, and like, I, I hear you on just like, you know, well, I don't know, for me, it almost feels like bonus time. It's like, well, I made it farther than I thought. So the rest of it's just bonus. Like I better make good use of it because I didn't expect to get this far. Um, so y'all, if you have the means, please donate and consider, um, consider making it a monthly thing because mm -hmm. one-time donation when it's like the special topic of the month, it, it's nice. Right. And I, I, I feel like I talked about this on stream the other day, but I don't think I've said it on the show yet. Um, so I'm going to say it now. Um, you know, those one, those one-time contributions absolutely are better than nothing. And if you did half as much or a 10th as much, but you did it ongoing for over a year, that consistent support is how content creators grant activities like this, all of it continue to thrive. Like I can tell you for me as a content creator, there's all these people contacting me right now saying, oh, there's this terrible turfy game, I'll give you money. And I said, first of all, you need to be giving BIPOC trans people the money before me. Second of all, ongoing material support is way more helpful than the one-time donation. And we're still grateful for the one-time donation, right? It's a both and. So um, so I've been spending time like educating our allies about that because um, it's important It's important for folks to realize when they're having that, whatever it is, you know, the call to action, the like, I want to do something about this oppression, the white guilt, the like cis guilt, whatever it is, and it's motivating people to get their wallets out. Um, you know, it's it's important to remember that we are marginalized and oppressed 24-7, not just during Black History Month, not just during Pride Month, not just during this thing got released. Um, we still have to pay our bills and feed our cats and feed our children and put clothes on our backs and buy our toothpaste, you know, six months from now, and it's not our special fancy month. Um, so anyways, I'm just throwing it out there, y'all, to consider an ongoing support over a one-time. And anything is better than nothing. If you have $5 today and that's it forever, thank you for your contribution. Like, you know, the fact that you're giving it all is absolutely still meaningful. Yeah. That's, that's very, very powerful that you said that in that way. And I think just to give it a little context, right? Like any any amount counts that one time is wonderful. You know, that thank you for your sacrifice. Because that's a sacrifice, right? If you're mm -hmm. giving... Ten dollars that's a sacrifice because that was a meal that you could have eaten that was a cup yeah. of coffee so that's definitely a sacrifice but just to give it like a little context right of like if so just just say i'm sean i'm gonna go on the boys network for good i'm gonna donate 100 every month let's just speak and and i will say in, in in a moment of transparency i also donate to them boys i also when i get paid i also take out my debit card and i go on our website and i mm -hmm. and i donate money because I know that the, the programs are important and I know the work that we're doing is important, right? Yeah. But just say, all right, I'm gonna give $100 a month for the next 12 months. And we did get the calculator because I'm not good with math, that's $1,200. That mm -hmm. 
$100 can pay for one person to have general pharma surgery. Yeah. It could pay I just for got, I just got I just got chills. <laughs> yeah. One year of someone donating $100 a month that will provide financial assistance to one person because we have given one person before pay for their copay $1200. Yeah. Or you know, everyone's payment is different, right? You based on what your you know, if you have benefits, if you don't have medical benefits. So everyone's mm-hmm. scale of pay is different, but just to think $1200 can pay for one person to have gender affirming surgery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh, I'm getting chills hearing that. It's it's amazing. Um so there you go. Yeah. Think about it, y'all. Um okay. So I have one question from the audience. Um, they're asking, does Demboys have a social media presence where folks could boost their work? Yes, we do. So we have an Instagram page, Facebook page. Um, yeah, so now I'm, I'm mostly active. I, I monitor the Instagram page, so I'm mostly active on that. Um, so yeah, you can share the work there. You can share our fundraisers there. You can share the podcast from there, all of that. You can follow us from there. You can reach out DM from there, all of that. And also there, are, there's a link tree there. So from the link tree, it'll connect you to our website. It'll connect you to our donation page through network for good. Network for good is a fundraising platform that monitors all of our donations and donors and all of that, all in one place, all in house in one place. You can also, recently I just posted the YouTube channel that I uh, started when I first started to transition. Um, that's on there, a couple of videos there. Uh, you, there's a link to the podcast. All of that is there from our Instagram page. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, and I just plopped the link tree in the chat. And y'all, if you're looking for these and you're listening later, um, the link tree is in the show notes. Um, under the cross promotion section. So you will see that. Um, take a moment, go drop those follows right now while you're thinking about it. I know I get ADHD and I'm like, I'll do it later. And then I don't. So do it now. We'll wait. Yeah, we'll wait. We'll wait. All right, welcome back. <laughs> so, all right, we're getting towards the end of the show today. Um, is there anything that we missed about Demboys Inc. that you'd like to make sure that you can say, Sean? Oh, no, not really. I just think that, you know, I was thinking about this this morning when I woke up of when I, the, where I am now, I didn't think I would be. And so them boys has become my life work. Mm. I'm I'm 100% dedicated to the work. I believe in the work. I believe in what we're doing. And I'm hoping to build the capacity of them boys. So maybe offer different types of programs or different things or just more funding um, with our grant. Uh, program throughout the year or more fun throughout the year so it's like all these things I'm thinking about so now it's like this is my life work this is important to me um I am doing them boys work every single day uh except for Sundays I kind of try to take Sundays good you gotta take a day off that's right you gotta have your you day yeah I'm a football fan so usually during football season Sunday I'm not doing them boys work (laughs) was it wasn't yesterday a big football day oh it's next Sunday yeah. So this Sunday they took took the time off. They get that little two weeks of rest. So All right. Super Bowl uh, rested and charged. So. All right. Firing audience members, who are you rooting for next Sunday? Who I'm rooting for? Yeah. Who are you rooting for? Ah, uh, okay. Let, that's very complicated. So I'm a Raiders fan, <laughs> and 
Oakland, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to say I get so upset discussing the Raiders because they haven't done anything in all 42 years of my life. Uh -huh. <laughs> but I'm still a fan. I still I'm yeah. complicated. But they're not in the Super Bowl, but I'm rooting for Kansas City. All I right. Really like I don't even know who they're playing. That's how disconnected from sports ball. Oh, it's I am. good. I only, I only, I only learned football. I never really watched football. Right, growing up, I didn't watch football as much. I, I did, but not as much as I'm, I'm involved now. I really yeah. dedicated my time to learning the game with, with my raising my son because he played mm. football, and I wanted that to be a bond for us. And so I, I made it a point to learn everything about football and get very dedicated to football because I wanted to have that time to spend with my son. That. Now I have so many more questions. <laughs> I want to hear about your son. That's so cool. Um, oh, that's so wonderful. Um, Sean, can you can you share an experience with gender euphoria? I like to hear about the happy, the happiness, the the trans joy. Trans joy. Yeah. You know what? My trans joy is right now in this moment. Aww. Very present in my in in the moment right now of who I am, where I've come from. Um, I won't say that the past doesn't matter. The past does matter because it 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 made me who I am today. But right now in this moment, um I've I've done the work. I'm doing constantly doing the work, right? I'm in therapy. Um I'm managing my my health. Um uh, I'm working out, I'm eating well. Um in therapy, um I have a community around me of chosen friends and family that I, I love and enjoy. I'm doing things now in my life that I've always wanted to do, right? So like traveling and, you know, just my trans joy is right now in this moment. I'm happy. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. All right. So my final question for you, Sean, is sort of, I call it my soapbox question. So imagine someone hasn't seen this interview and they're just getting one little sound bite that maybe is going to get them riled up to come see what we're talking about. Um, what would you like to make sure folks know about your perspective on gender and non-binary or trans issues? There's a lot of work to be done. There's still a lot of work to be done. Every day we are being attacked, literally. Mm -hmm. And whether it's from violence, from transphobia, or whether it's from the government wanting to monitor us and limit the things that we have access to um, in our care. I think we are under attack and the, and the work is, is ongoing. Work needs to be done and to be continued. Well, Sean, thank you so much for being my guest today. Um, it's been a pleasure having you folks. Sean Aaron, he, him pronouns is a black trans masculine individual and is the founder and executive director for Dem Boys Inc. You can check out linktree forward slash Dem Boys, B-O-I-S-I-N-C for more information. You can also do that donation through Network for Good, which you can do on the website and in the description below. Um, you can connect with Sean in many places, including Instagram. Uh, Dem Boys Inc. is the Dem Boys account. And then Sean Aaron 81 is uh, Sean's personal account. So folks, here's our clatter query for the week that you can answer on our social media platforms. The dangers between Black womanhood and Black manhood may differ, but both are life and death. 
How do we build a world where merely existing in a black body isn't a reason to be killed? That's a powerful question. The second clutter query is how do we raise the next generation of masculine folks to be able to allow them to experience a liberal masculinity that isn't toxic? Oof. You're coming in with the good questions, Sean. You're slaying. You're putting it out there. I love it. So everyone, next week's guest is going to be KB Brookins, and we're going to be dis discussing uh, KB's poetry. Um, so for community updates, Atlas had a great Translate show uh, on Friday last week, and we'll be, um, might be back with us next week. Maybe not, though, because the, the show's going to be later. It's going to be going live at 2.30 Pacific. Um, so it might be me flying solo again, but, um, y'all, we're going to have all kinds of resources for the show notes that you can check out, um, once this is recorded and, um, have a, have a great future month, everyone. And, uh, we'll catch you next time. Jennifer would like to thank our guests for being on this podcast. If you'd like to catch us live, join us on Mondays at twitch.tv forward slash gendermaster. Show notes will appear in the edited version of the show on Fridays on both YouTube and podcasting platforms. If you have a question you would like the host to answer or are gender diverse and would like to request an interview, please send an email to genderfulpodcast at gmail.com or sign up via the website at genderfulpodcast.com. As a gender diverse community, The Clutter wants to assure our listeners that we are prepared to moderate our spaces. We will get positive and negative feedback on these shows and topics, and we have a moderation team on our channels, socials, and Discord server ready to deal with this. Please join our Discord server at discord.gg forward slash meowster to meet the community and get a regular digest of solidarity resources. You can also support us with subscriptions on Patreon, following and reviewing us on your favorite podcasting platform, or engaging with our posts and content on social media at Jennifer Pod and Gender Meowster. If you could take a few moments to also rate the show, we will post any five-star reviews on our socials, so get creative. Mention a special interest of your own, a project you're working on, or even say hi to your comfort person in your review. What power? This show is made possible by volunteers, tips, and subscriptions. Shout out to those helping us coordinate guests, edit the podcast, moderate the live chat, and post on our socials. Artist credit for Jennifer. Jennifer's theme song is called Hope by Free Range Megs, aka Soma. The Gender Master logo was designed by That's Barnaby and edited with consent by Transgriffin. Jennifer's pre-show is wrangled by Juice Tex. Genderful is edited and mixed by Trans Griffin and Alexis Fandom. Genderful's social media is managed by Queer to Help. Genderful is hosted by Atlas O. Phoenix and Gender Meowster. Genderful is the intellectual property of Gender Meowster. All rights reserved. Trans rights are human rights. That's right. That's right.